Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. I just want to talk to us today about the spirit. Uh, I was going to talk about the gifts. I'm going to talk about the gift uh, singular today. About the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because he's a gift. He's not a toy. He's a gift. And we've been talking about the names of God. When you read through the New Testament, you read through the entire scripture, you'll find a lot of different names for the spirit. And... um, and so, I believe that uh, the, 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 being a follower of Christ, it's meant to have uh, supernatural components to it. And th- those are the result of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's what they are. So, I want to begin by reading from uh, John chapter 14. And uh, I, I don't know if I gave you this or not back there. Sorry. Did I get it? Okay. Uh, John chapter 14 says... That um, in verse, verse uh, 16, he says, I will ask Jesus, this, I'm reading, reading the red, and I will ask the Father and he will give you a counselor who will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. Uh, the world at large cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you do because he lives with you now and later will be with you. The, the gift of the Holy Spirit is a gift from the Father. Uh, all you fathers, when you give gifts to your kids, you can't wait till they open them up. And you, you and I are meant to receive the gift of the Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit. He, he would say uh, a little later on in chapter 16 um, and verse 13, or sorry, 14, when the Spirit of truth comes, so one of the titles or one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. Boy, do we ever need a spirit of truth in the land right now. <laughs> the, the way that I discern truth is how it feels. Uh, sometimes there's a sound to truth. Other times there's a ring and a feeling that goes with truth. And you just go, uh-huh. And you know somewhere inside you, uh, I'd like to call that my knower. I know in my knower that, yeah, that's, I think that's right. Um. Being filled with the Spirit is not a one-time experience. Many people believe that the new birth is basically fire insurance just to get away from judgment and get into heaven. That's not the purpose. It's much more than that. God's purpose for us is not a moment of conversion and then a life of bondage in the flesh, but it's life in the Spirit full of freedom and fullness and purpose. We are saved to be filled with power to become like Christ and bear fruit of the Spirit. So we cannot live the Christian life without the Spirit's enablement and power. That's what I want to talk about. The gift of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament was undeniably a turning point for the, for the disciples. Everything changed after that. And... Um, and I, I just love reading the book of Acts. Of all the changes that occurred between the Old and New Testament, the greatest is the increased ministry 
of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the new birth, the indwelling, the filling, the priesthood, the gifts, the church being added to the body is fantastic. And as you look at what, what the Holy Spirit did in the New Testament, uh, the work can be attributed to his uh, activity and his moving. Jesus compared the Spirit to wind. Anybody knows wind last night? The wind, the wind, you can see that something's going on. You just can't see it. Am I right? I woke up last night. I had this rumbling in the backyard. sounded like a black bear. Really? My garbage barrel got knocked over. I looked outside. I said, what happened? There was a wind. I didn't see the wind. I saw the evidence of the wind. That's what I saw. And he says the Holy Spirit is like that. You can see its evidence, but you can't see him. And so... So I want to suggest to you that there is, uh, a, there is, there is um, a, a activity that's invisible, but it's very, very real. This morning, the Holy Spirit is at work here, and we should be able to see his evidence. So that's what I want to try uh, to talk about. The Holy Spirit draws us to the Father, makes us part of the body. He leads us and provides uh, a personal escort to heaven by his Spirit. He get, the Holy Spirit will, gives us a new body that's incorruptible at the resurrection of the church. The Holy Spirit is our instructor and our revealer of truth. That's what he is. As we study, and, and he's a comforter in times of sorrow. And perhaps one of the greatest blessings of the Holy Spirit is that he promised that he would guide us through darkness. Anybody need some guidance through a little bit of the darkness right now? <clears throat> okay. This is interesting to me because if you were to ask people, what is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? You'd get a lot of interesting answers, I'm sure. But in verse 13 of John 16, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Not into new truth, all truth. (laughs) And then he says this, is that, and he will not be presenting his own ideas, he'll be telling you what he's heard. One, One of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is listening. And when he hears the Father say something, it's his, his role to come and share that with others. The Holy Spirit is trying to say something to us these days. It requires our listening. We are spiritual audiologists. We are, and, and honestly, the amount of static in the air requires you and I to pull away from the devices. Set aside very specific time and just listen. And here's what will happen. As we're studying the word, the Holy Spirit will confirm things from his word. He'll never speak in contrary to his word. So our role is to stay immersed in those scriptures and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us confirming what he's doing these days. He will guide us if we are willing to be guided. But he won't, he's not, he's going to lead us, he's not going to push us. So, so as the Holy Spirit comes, I just want to bring us back to the point of personal responsibility and, and some of the evidences of the Holy Spirit. Um, we live in a supernatural world. Um, those of you who are reading through the, New, the Bible this year, uh, we've been reading through the book of Ezekiel. Crazy, crazy book, my word. But chapter one, uh, you can't, it's just undeniable the activity of the Spirit. He, he, I mean, it's, he, I, he was talking about what he saw and uh, stuff like this. You know, these living, he saw these living beings. They're able to fly in any direction without turning around. 
What's he talking about? Um, he, he says that each of them had a pair of outstretched wings, one pair st- stretched out to touch the wings of the living beings on the other side of it, and the other pair covered its body, and then it went whatever direction the spirit chose, and then it moved straight forward in all directions without having turned around. What the world is going on? <laughs> Talk about, now, if that ain't messed up, like just reading that, you go, what? What are they, what are they? And, and he goes on to explain these creatures that they, they're living beings that looked like bright coals of fire, brilliant torches, uh, torches, and it looked as though lightning was flashing back and forth among them as the light, be- light beings darted to and fro like flashes of lightning. So it's talking about UFOs. What's go- and of course, it's wheels within wheels, and many would say then some um, of the um, ancient um, alien theorists would say this is, these are UFOs. He's seeing something in the spirit. And he's completely ran out of words how to describe it. You read the book of Revelation, you see the same thing. Talks about, I was in the spirit in the Lord's day, and I, then I got this vision of Jesus. And the Revel- book of Revelation is a revelation of Jesus, the unveiling of Jesus. But after chapter 4, he says, come on up here, and I'm going to show you some things from up here. And the, after chapter 4, it's all, it's all spirit. Uh, he's, he's trying to give language to what he saw in the spirit from a heavenly perspective. You run out of terms, right? Like big hornets. I don't know if they were F-15 bombers or jets. I don't know what they were, but he, he ran out of language. Here's what I'm trying to say. We live in a spiritual world, and there's influences that are unseen. And you and I these days, I believe we're entering into time of supernatural signs and wonders. And we need to be presenting our bodies as living sacrifices. That includes our eyes and our ears. Present parts of our body so that and yield them to the Holy Spirit so that he can uh, use us to see across to the other side. I know it sounds a, a little bit wild, but I believe these are the days that we're living in. Um, to deny the spiritual di- dimension is to, not, to deny life itself. Acts chapter 1, we see that... Um, we see what's happening here. I'm just going to read at the beginning. It says, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you what he promised. Um, I love that. Wait for the gift. Before you go doing stuff in your own power, wait till I give you some power. He, the in spirit enablement to fulfill what he's asked us to do. It's so critical in our life. Um, who can receive this? John chapter 14, verse 16 says, I'll pray the Father, he'll give you another helper and he'll abide with you, the, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Can I just, just hang in there with me. Universalism teaches that the world is already saved because of the work of Christ. Jesus disagrees with that. <laughs> saying that they don't see me and they don't know me. <clears throat> John chapter 6 and verse 44 says the work of the Holy Spirit is to convince people of their need of Christ. He'll convince them and convict them. John chapter 1 and verse 12 says Jesus is God's gift to the world and the Holy Spirit, though, is God's gift to his children. To as many as received them and became, he he gave the right to become children children of God. You and I can have two parts of the Godhead living within us. If that ain't mind blowing. Help us, Holy Spirit. Yeah, boom, like that little emoji, like boom. <laughs> um, just as the world cannot receive him, so God's children can 
just, sorry, just as the world can receive Christ, God's children can receive the Holy Spirit. Say with me, Acts chapter one says, I'm sure that, that, that they didn't understand what he was talking about when he said, just wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power. I'm sure they didn't understand, but here's the point. They waited and they obeyed. They may not have understood what it all meant. Sometimes we confuse things that unless we understand them, we can't receive them. <clears throat> so, but they obeyed. The results were dramatic. There was a supernatural outpouring that totally changed them. One of the benefits was, as they, was they were able to speak in tongues and praise God. Communications, spirit to spirit, sensitivity to his leading, building up in the faith, awareness of gifts. And one of the most profound evidences of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was boldness. Man, do we ever need that today? <laughs> um, why speak in tongues, Acts chapter 2? This is an interesting question. Um, the, the, try to answer that is based, on, based on human re reasoning. You'll just get tongue-tied, literally. Because it's hard to explain. I can't explain it. But I can experience it. And I already have. Over and over and over again. It's not one filling, it's over and over again. It's be being filled. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled. And filled. And filled. And today we need fresh, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. It's hard, this is hard to understand, but if the, if the Father has a gift and he can only give good gifts, then the Holy Spirit is a good thing for us. It's a story I, I heard about a farmer. Um, he was uh, riding his uh, horse and he went past a, a hay wagon and uh, the horses were scared, spooked by the hay wagon. And he said, the, 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 these crazy animals, they're afraid of what they should be full of. Well, it's the same for you and I today. Don't be afraid of what we should be full of. <laughs> Lots of things you can be full of, but the best thing you can be full of is the Holy Spirit. And I'm just saying we need a, a fresh filling of that. Logic is for, that, that is for something to be good, we need to understand it. Uh, our kids never did like brushing their teeth. Didn't understand why. Nevertheless, it was good for them. Sometimes they didn't like the, that broccoli. They had to hide it and stuff. My, 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 my father-in-law used to hide cod liver oil in oatmeal. And then you pour in the milk, and up floats the cod liver oil. The kids busted. Grandpa, we're not eating this. Well, it was good for them. <laughs> Trying to hide what was good for them. Just because just you don't understand, it doesn't mean it's not good for you. We're, not, we're only seeing in part anyway. We don't understand this completely. Let's get over our own arrogant selves. But we need to obey, is what our, the point, surrender, and watch what happens. As I was saying, Lord, how do I end the service today? I just can't, I, every time I ask that question, I've seen tongues of fire landing on people. I don't even, what, what's that even mean? I don't know. But what, what if there's a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit right now, today, to lead us through the darkness and into greater truth? What if? I submit to you that these are those days. Our minds don't understand, but we're three parts. God's spirit, and he communicates spirit to spirit. Anybody that has trouble hearing God's voice, of course, you're trying to hear with your physical ear, but he's spirit. He speaks to our spirit, spirit to spirit. And once we're filled with the spirit, it's much easier hearing God's voice. First um, Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2 says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. What a... If you, listen, uh, you and I, there, there's, some, there's lots of the Bible I don't understand. 
but the stuff I understand, I want to obey. For most of us, we only obey the parts of the Bible that, that, that we, that, sorry, we, we only, the parts of the Bible that we practice are the parts, what am I trying to say? Help me, Holy Spirit. We would say we believe in the Bible, but you only believe in the parts that you practice. That's all you believe, right? Somebody said, I believe in the Bible. I said, oh, do you, you attend a church? Do you tithe? He said, no, no, I don't believe that. So that's in the Bible. <laughs> For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. This is such a wild thing. This morning, I talked to God. Not in an, a known language, but in an unknown language. I'm not weird. I'm normal. <laughs> Verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 14 says, When we pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. When I talked to God this morning in my prayer language, my understanding was unfruitful. But I didn't, wasn't talking to myself. I was talking to God. Acts chapter 1 says they spoke in other tongues about the wonderful works of God. One of the, one of the profound things about being filled with the Spirit and allowing uh, the, the, our tongues to be surrendered to the Holy Spirit is we magnify God and we talk about the great things of God to God. What language do you think God speaks? Rhetorical. Just think about it. Most of you think he speaks English. Well, he understands English. What language does he speak? What if God spoke a heavenly language? Wouldn't make sense. In heaven, they're communicating, right? He's talking to angels. He's commissioned them all the time. He's like, sent them here and there. Sent some here this morning. Some of you might be able to see them. He's, he, chances are he didn't speak to them in English. Are you guys? I'm just working you over here a little bit. Trying to soften you up so I can land a punch in a minute. There's heavenly languages. Paul says, if I speak in the tongues of men and or angels, there's angel languages. If an angel came here and started to talk in an angel language, the chances are many wouldn't understand it. Spoke in English, you'd understand. He usually, so this says, they spoke in other tongues about the wonderful things of God. Jude 20 says, but, but you, building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Has anybody done that recently? We did this morning. Uh, Romans 8 verse 28 says that he told us the Holy Spirit would help us because we need help. He partners with us. He will bring the word to life in prayer. He's, he'll par heaven par partners with earth by the presence of the Holy Spirit. All right. Now let me just come down to the clencher here. Help me, Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16 and chapter 6 and verse 19. It says that you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what that means to you, but that makes me like, you know, when you see pictures of the temple, it was worth like millions and millions and millions. And now he chooses to come and live within you and I. That, that's got to give you a little, help you with that self-esteem a little bit. He now comes in tabernacles and lives within you and I. I, and, and that, to me, is such a sacred trust. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit lived in a, tent, in a temple unless specific impartation was for a specific purpose. The temple was made with hands. And when Christ rose from the dead, the veil was, that separated us from the presence of God was ripped from the top to the bottom. I don't know if that was to let me in or to let him out. Probably both. 
Such a miracle. The tabernacle of Moses had this veil. Has anybody ever wondered about the tabernacle of David? When he built the temple, he didn't put a veil in, but he had the ark. Has anybody thought about that? Because this now is a picture of you and I. That, that, that him, his own, he, it says in Hebrews about the veil, that Christ was the, the veil in the flesh. His body was bruised so you and I could have access into the Holy of Holies. I'm talking about a spiritual mystery here, but this is meant to bring freedom and hope for you and I. The priests, they, actually, they were actually quite reticent about coming into the Holy of Holies. So they tie a rope around his ankle because if there was a manifestation of God, he, he would, and there was sin, unconfessed sin in his life, he'd die. I mean, it, he had to be, it was a little bit of a delicate thing for, for the priest. But it says, now you and I can come boldly. Wow. In, and, and what happens when we come into his presence, it says that, that we'll find, uh, we'll come boldly into his presence, we'll find a, a throne of grace. He, he used to manifest himself on the, on the Ark of the Covenant between the angels, and it was called the mercy seat. I don't know if you know this, but one of the most Powerful things about God, some would say, ah, it's his judgment. Listen, mercy will triumph over judgment. One of the most profound things that you and I can understand, my wife, as we were driving to Saskatoon, she says, what's the mercies of God? She asked me in Oyen by about Kindersley, I go, you know what? Because mercy is about getting what we don't deserve. You know when we need mercy? When we failed. You know, when we need grace is to pre- prevent us from failing. <laughs> the, the most profound thing on the earth is not the judgment of God, it's the mercy of God. That you can live without, with unconfessed sin in your life as an absolute miracle and have the, the presence of God within your life. You wonder, how does that work? I don't know. It's the mercy of God. I need, what, here's what happens when we don't receive his mercy when we fail, we'll go straight into condemnation and feel we deserve punishment. Many of you are very familiar with condemnation because you don't understand the mercy of God. He's not, he's not judging you. He judges his son so that you and I can find mercy in our time of need. The Holy Spirit came in our life when we confessed and believed that God raised him from the dead, but the Holy Spirit created our human spirits now making him at home in our spirit. The temple had three parts. You and I are a temple of the Holy Spirit. The original temple was a pattern of our bodies. It had three parts to it, just like you and I have three parts, spirit, soul, body. Two of the parts of the temple were covered, one part was uncovered. There's a part of the temple that everybody sees. I can see a part of the temple right now as I look at y'all, all y'all. So happy that you cleaned it up, shined it up, shaved it, dressed it. You can only see one part. In, in the, the, one of the parts was called the outer, outer part, or sorry, the outer court. That refers to our body and our senses. There was two things in the outer court. First thing you came to was the altar. First thing we need to do is we need to come before God and realize that Christ has been already sacrificed once for all. This is the most important thing about coming into the presence of God, is understanding the first thing, the first thing that our body needs to understand is the altar. Then the laver where we washed. Uh, history would say that the laver was made up of broken pieces of mirror. And when we come after we've come to Christ, 
and we accept the, what he's did on the cross, then we come to the laver, which is a picture of the word of God that washes us. The Bible says that it's like, it, James would say that when we come to the word, it's like the mirror. Well, that's what the laver was. It was all broken pieces of mirror. There's two, three, three parts. The outer part that everybody could see, that spoke of natural light, natural knowledge, natural wisdom. But there's two more parts that I don't see. Nobody can see these other two parts. And that's what God looks at. He looks at the inner part of you and I. The next part was the, uh, we, we, uh, we don't stop at the altar, we don't stop at the labor. We keep moving into the holy place. There's three things in the holy place. Uh, basically, they stand for your mind, your emotion, and your will. Three parts. Uh, there, was the, there, was the, uh, there was the lamp, there was the showbread, and, uh, and the, uh, it says the altar. I think I made a mistake. There's something else in there. There's three parts. And then, and then finally, we come into the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant, where the presence of God is. You and I, the, the, the presence of God, now when we, it, this is a picture of what happens when we come to faith in Christ, is that now our spirits begin, become remade and renewed, and it becomes now you and I as the temple. Don't you know, he says, that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You get to choose your, your will, your mind, your emotion. You get to choose all that stuff. You get to choose what your body does. But the hopes is that you would yield to the Spirit and be led by the Spirit. In Luke chapter 29 is a great picture of how the law was not designed to save, but to show us our need. It says of the, great Samar- the good Samaritan that he walked, at, he walked uh, up and he poured oil into the wound. This is, this is what happens when we get saved. Oil is poured into our wound, our brokenness. But then he says he poured in wine as well which is a picture of after we get saved, we need to, need, need to not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a second part for you and I. And then he turned us over to the innkeeper, which is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And he said, if he has any other needs in there, I'll look after that. And the inn was a picture of the church. It's a profound thing when we look at this picture. Uh, Pentecost is foretold in Joel chapter 2 and verse 24. And, in, and even in uh, Psalm 23, where he says, he anoints uh, my head with oil and my cup runs over. I'm gonna pray for people this morning that their cup would run over. Not you just be anointed, but that, that anointing would run over. That's what I want to pray for today. Uh, Jesus would say, don't put new wine in old wineskins because old wineskins would need oil rubbed on them. Don't, don't we all need to be renewed? Um, once we're saved, we're prepared. We are prepared, but we need to be filled for purpose and, and continue to be filled. In Acts chapter 19, and you'll, you'll read through there, it's just such an interesting part. As you keep reading, you'll see a number of different evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One of them was of speaking in other tongues. And uh, that's one of the evidences. It seemed to be quite consistent. He went to Ephesus and he said, have you received, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Uh, so what, what I'm going to say to you all this morning, has you, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Yeah, I know he came and dwelt within you, but is he running over in you now? That's the question. Next week, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit and how they work. But the first thing we need to do is receive the gift of the Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit. When, when you read through the accounts, there's a common thread as he went to Samaria and Ephesus. The Holy Spirit was offered to people after they received. In all cases, they didn't ask for the gift of tongues. They asked for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And his evidence is, and there's so many different evidences. The first one, one of the things is that they, they, they were filled with the Spirit and they began to prophesy. Uh, you, know, you know what we need to do more than ever these days is we need to, by faith, learn to begin to prophesy. Speak into situations to help build and edify people. Uh, it's, just, it's just, honestly, it's, such, it's a, a thing that we need to become consistently better at, seeing what God is doing in another person's life and then saying it. 
blessing them, encouraging them. It's how the church is built by, by, the, word, by, by the, the apostle and the prophet that that builder now would begin to prophesy and begin to build people's lives. It's such a powerful thing. We're, we're, not a, we're not primarily transformed by people we believe in. We're transformed by people that believe in us. And when you begin to bless people with, by, with words of prophecy, what will happen is they'll become incredibly attracted to you because we all are just craving a word from heaven. We all have this great desire to receive from heaven. Let me just move along. Um, born again, when we get born again, we get gifts of redemption, forgiveness, eternal life, and rewards for now. But things of the Holy Spirit are to help us hear his voice, to witness, to deal with our adversaries, for boldness, for d- spiritual discernment. Those things are not needed in heaven. They're needed now. <laughs> yeah, we're needed right now. And so it says that what happened, what took place, then that Paul laid hands on people. I'm not going to lay hands on people today. I, I love doing that. But I want this to be just, a, just a, such a fresh work of the Holy Spirit. I want it to be a little bit like Pentecost today. That's what I, I feel that can happen. I'm going to have the band come up again and begin to give me a little bit of background music. Just a, I, w- I want you to be prepared to not just, maybe if you've been filled once, it's time to be filled again. Um, what happened at, at Pentecost, there was three things that were evidenced. There, and so there should be some evidence. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to speak in tongues this morning. For some of you, that's a, a really big step. But some of you, it's time. We need more than ever to be talking to God, even when we're not sure what we're saying. But we're going spirit to spirit. We need that. We need a prayer language. And, and Romans chapter 8 says that we... We don't pray as we ought to, but the Holy Spirit prays through us with words that we don't understand. That's what he's talking about, is your prayer language. There was, there was, it says that there was a, uh, one version that said a violent wind. Last night we had a violent wind. Put, knocked on my garbage can. It was violent. Um, maybe what could happen today is you might get moved. May, like moved. Physically moved. Uh, it says that, they, that there was what looked like tongues of fire rested upon them. I hope you get the spirit by which I'm saying this because I tell you, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our, our day-to-day life. Our leaders and our MLAs, they need the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. Uh, leaders of homes, you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. It said that, that there was this violent rushing wind and there's been times when I felt that on the inside, when people prayed for me, and sometimes I felt it on the outside. Uh, I can't explain it, but I like it. And, and, and then there was the, this, that he said, that what appeared like tongues of fire. And then it said they began, the other, other thing that happens, they began praising God for the things that he had done in languages that they didn't normally speak. These were unknown tongues for them. What I'm going to pray for today is a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you're going to, this is personal. Uh, I, I have heard people have never spoken in like, I, I was, we were praying for people that once in Hawaii and uh, this person stood up and said, I began to, began to pray in another tongue and another person stood up on the other side of the room, a Japanese girl, she says, they were speaking the exact dialect of this little island off the coast of Japan. How did they know that? And at which point everybody goes, whoa! I'm not sure if you're going to begin to speak in Spanish or Russian. That's not, that's not the point. 
because of the earthly languages of the whatever, 600 of them, I'm talking about tongues of angels, heavenly language, unknown languages. And what begins to happen is we have to honestly, maybe you don't understand it, you set aside a little bit your thinking and, your, and you just go, okay, God, I'm going to present my tongue to you. And you begin to just use the sounds that he gives you. It's like little kids, they start saying, uh, Papa, Dada, they begin to say that. If anybody's interested, I'm going to have you to dim the lights. I want to pray first of all. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.